how we started, what our ambitions and dreams are. Um, and then give you a brief introduction on tea, on the tea plant, but you know, you can look that kind of stuff up online, so I won't talk too much about that. Then I'm gonna let you know about how to construct a really good tea program, talking about teaware, the equipment you'll need, um, how to create a really great tea menu, uh, and finally, just underline the commercial benefits of, of having a good tea program. So, uh, yep, that's, that's Waterloo Tea. Um, maybe it's a bit of background, it'd be good. Uh, my career started, I'm a, like a qualified pharmacist. I'm still qualified, you know, they haven't struck me off uh, quite yet. And, uh, so, uh, little do they know. And um, so, I moved over from dealing drugs to dealing tea about four, four years ago or so. Um, grown up with tea all my life, you know, my dad used to have it, my granddad used to have it. Um, and I wanted to change this. Uh, we drink tea at home, we drink coffee when we go out, and I don't know if you guys have heard this, but in the tea world we used to talk about this quite a lot. People wanted to go out and they wanted to have, uh, oh, you guys do talk about this, they wanted to have the theater about the, the man behind the espresso machine doing his magic and making his you know, lovely patterns in the coffee because you couldn't do that at home. But then you guys brought out the brew bar and filtered coffee. And then I thought, oh, hang on a minute. You know, people don't want the magic. They just want amazing ingredients and good sourcing. So I thought tea would work in an environment like that. We wanted to put it into a cafe environment. So we didn't want to make it speciality. When people talked about tea, I didn't want them to think about frozen yogurt or Austrian pickles or something. Um, so this is what we made. Um, uh, that's the tea house. Uh, so essentially it's a cafe format. Uh, the picture was taken right when we opened. So with those of you good eyesight, you can probably see the syrups on the end of the coffee machine. They've been replaced by a daddy grinder, so <laughs> you don't have to walk out. Um, so it's you know, essential cafe format, really. Um, and comparing it to the talks from last year when people, the cafe industry was talking about how you need to make it different. We didn't. We wanted to make it the same. We didn't want people to think it was any different. So you walk in, you've got your till, you've got your grinder, you've got your coffee machine, and you go and sit down and bring the drinks over to you. But if you look on the right-hand side, you'll see 60 or so stainless steel caddies filled with amazing teas. So the best teas from each harvest, the ones, you know, the best ones that we could get, um, and delivered in a really engaging way. So that was the tea house. Uh, a couple of years after opening, we were selling loads of tea. You know, people were coming in, they try the tea, they buy the tea, they take it home, and we thought, okay, we better just sort out the sauce inside of it. We started wholesaling. Uh, the thing that I just think, I just thought it wasn't fit for purpose, the whole wholesale side of the tea. Um, and the one, t one thing that changed it was when I went to go and meet one of the biggest brokers in London, and we sat down, and I said, hey, you know, like, this is what we're after. These are the kind of things we want. We want to get, like, amazing fresh tea, grand reserve lots, you know, delivered in an amazing way, and we want to sell it on to customers, and we'll give them full training, and da da da. Uh, after a while, we went on to talk about Darjeeling First Flushes, and he said, I've got this amazing Darjeeling First Flushes. Um, it's six years old, and it's a vintage. It's matured really well. And I was like, oh, bloody hell, you know, you're talking nonsense. Like, you know, it's just about last until the next harvest. So that really pushed us to get up and start the wholesale side. That's been going for, well, just under a year now, really. And we, um, when we sell to somebody, we'll go out there, we'll give them training. So. We've been over to Dublin and we go to London and we'll 
try and let them know um, the knowledge behind us here, because I think you've got the skills already, so we're just giving them a bit more of the knowledge around that. Anyway, that's us. Uh, so the next slide is, uh, this is T, um, and it's quite pretty to look at, so um, it's visually engaging, I think. Uh, um, and the way uh, I wanted to say this was, if I showed somebody, a member of the public, a coffee bean, when they walked in, it would tell me it was brown, hopefully, and not black. And uh, uh, yeah, they'd probably be able to work out as a light roast or a dark roast. Um, but if I showed them this, uh, that's a, uh, oh yeah, change anyway. <laughs> so uh, yeah, both anyway. So what, the first one's a black, the second one's a green, the next one's a white, and the, the last one on the bottom right is, is a new long. And the next slide is the same. So one's a black, one's, oh, oh sorry, if you go back, sorry. Uh, yeah, black, green, white, a new long. Instantly, the, the member of the public is going to look at them and go, oh, wow, they're different. Um, why they're different? You know, uh, you've got a conversation starting already. So I think it's an engaging product. Maybe I should just talk about, uh, does anybody know this tea I'm talking about? Do you know what it is? Um, can you define tea in a sentence? No, so tea. Hey, yeah, sinensis. So tea comes from a plant called sinensis, or a version of. So you've got Camellia samica, and you know, as same as in the coffee world, you've got lots of different varieties. But it has to come from that root. Um, if it doesn't have that plant in there, it's called an infusion or a tisane. So when we talk about chamomile and peppermint and elderflower or hibiscus berries. Uh, these are all infusions. Uh, they don't contain contain Camellia sinensis. Um, this is important. Camellia sinensis has a form of caffeine in there, like we talked about in the matcha, and generally herbal infusions don't. Uh, generally, um, so when we talk about tea, we mean Camellia sinensis. We've kind of like taken on board all the infusions of tea will, you know, because we're nice like that kind of thing. And um, so, but the, the brew where the tea we ever use is all the same, so it just made sense. Uh, I'm just going to talk about how to create a tea program. Uh, so, first of all, we'll talk about teaware. Uh, next slide. That's it. Um, I just love these pictures, <laughs> and you probably know where they're from, I guess. Um, so, um, teaware, it's something that's commonly overlooked, and when I talked about why I wanted tea in great cafes as opposed to uh, fancy hotels, was normally when you go to a hotel, they'll uh, the tea leaves will be in the bottom of the pot and they'll serve it to you and, uh, and the service will be amazing, you know, it'll be really nice, but uh, there's not too much science really going on. Um, like with coffee, you need to define the brew time, so you need to stop the extraction whenever you want. So if it's left at the bottom of the pot, the first cup you pour will probably be okay, second cup you pour will probably not be okay, probably over-extracted and bitter. Um, so you'll see, uh, like in the bottom right hand picture, he's extracting it, so he's decanting from one vessel to another, so that's a really good way of doing it. Um, or you can have teaware with infusers inside, which you can take out. Tea hasn't really adopted brands in the same way as coffee has, so we haven't really pushed brew methods for an AeroPress or a Chemex, or, but I think it's fantastic what you've done. Um, uh, but I think we're moving along those lines, and, um, but there's loads of things available. You can brew by cup, you can brew by pot. Uh, we always say whatever's engaging, so if you've got a counter culture, brew by cup's really nice, you can engage them. If you're delivering to tables, we deliver in pots and we give them a timer and we say, hey, you know, in three minutes, 
you can just take the infuser out and put it on this little dish by the side and it's going to be perfect. Um, and that engages them. They, it's different to how they've had it before, how they'll have it in the chains. Um, that's tea when. Uh, the next slide is when we said we were going to open up a tea house. This is the picture of our, um, the first flyer that we had made. So I was going around saying, hey, you know, we're going to open up a tea house, and everybody's going, yeah, we don't like green tea. And I was like, what do you mean you don't like green tea? It's amazing. And they, I don't know what, and they, everybody was pouring, pouring, pouring hot water on top of it. Um, and I said, this should taste sweet, and they said it doesn't. And I said, next time, boil the kettle, leave it for five minutes, let it cool down, add the water. They come back, they said, you know, it tasted sweet. And so, so um, obviously, the, when we talk about equipment, so to have a good tea program, what you need is a way of delivering different temperature waters. Your black soap brewer at a higher temperature, normally about 95 or so. Uh, some Japanese greens go all the way down to 45. They're really rare, but normally you're looking at 65 or Japanese green. Um, it's crucial. So uh, how we do it, we have two boilers. We have a 75 and a 95. We mix and merge and we weigh and, uh, and then we you know, add it to the tea leaves and then, then we serve. Um, you can get a few things around. I think Marco are really good. They've engaged really well and they've, I've been to Dublin and I've spoken to them about it and they, uh, they're really keen to listen and learn and they do it like an eco boiler. We can have different types of uh, diff a different temperature boilers under, under counter and then you can press one button for 75, the other one for 95. Um, it's still an area that needs to be expanded and I think it's the one, the one thing that would uh, allow tea to roll out across the board really comfortably. Um, when I walk into a tea place, I look up and I see what kind of boilers they have. Like that's my, shows how serious they are. Um, and I use an example, we were in Vienna the, the, the other day and uh, we were looking for a good coffee shop and we walked into one and it didn't look great. Uh, we walked into another one and uh, on the counter they had an Uber boiler, they had a strata machine, three group strata, and there were four grinders. And we instantly thought coffee is probably going to be quite decent here and, and it was amazing. So, so when tea people walk into tea places, we generally look for boilers. Um, Next slide, I think. Yeah, creating a tea menu. This is our wall menu. So when you walk in on the left-hand side, this is all printed on the wall. Um, we've got loads of teas. Uh, we think um, I think it's good to have a lot of teas. Uh, tea has a following, like coffee has a following. Um, so when you guys are in Liverpool or Bath or Edinburgh or Berlin, you'll know which coffee shop's good, um, or Dublin, you know, obviously and. Uh, and tea people have the same, you know, and I, I don't think coffee people are aware of the following that tea people, uh, of the following that tea has. Um, so when you construct a tea menu, I think it's, um, you may as well cover all the bases. I wouldn't really order like 20 kilos of each tea, you know, uh, we sell in 250 gram sizes, uh, but like just order small amounts of a wide variety. Once you've got that, um, you just need to show it off you know you need to talk about it so i was in a coffee shop the other day one of the biggest big chains in i think in the uk or, uh, uh, and um they had two columns and they had uh coffee and coffee and like, uh, iced coffees and flavored coffees and juices and 
right at the bottom it said speciality tea, £1.25. <laughs> it's got to taste disgusting, you know. So, um, so I think you just got to chat about it, you got to price it accordingly. So if it's half the price of coffee, people just think it's going to be half the taste of coffee. Um, once you've got the tea menu, uh, engage people so have like sample teapots around, encourage them to, if there's a wait for tables or wait for the order to come out, say, hey, while you're waiting, try some of the tea, that's one of the teas that we're doing. We have tea tasting sessions, tea tasting, tea tasting afternoons where we bring people in, people love it, you know, they sit around, they drink tea, and it's like a real good group thing. So um, there's no point in having loads of teas and not shouting about them, so which you know in the coffee world. Uh, the next slide is about, uh, oh, it's about nothing actually, but what it is about is, uh, it's, <laughs> it's about the financial sense of, I couldn't think of a good slide for this, so we just had that, uh, the financial sense of having a good tea program. Uh, the price per cup is lower than coffee, the price, uh, you don't have to dial it in, you don't waste anything. So, uh, once you've chosen your tea, you'll know the brew for the whole year. Um, so, so that's one aspect. Um, also, um, filter coffee sometimes to me in my head doesn't make sense financially. Now, when you're talking about pour overs and things, like when I look at it, I just think, God, that's taking loads of time, you know. And uh, yeah, you know, and I'm sure you can streamline it. Maybe we haven't streamlined it, but it does take more time than knocking out an espresso. You know, that's for sure. Um, but when it does make sense, is uh, if you can engage the customer really well, and if you can produce a really good quality product. They're gonna want to buy that bit of coffeeware or teaware, and they want to buy some of that coffee and take it home. So I think the retail side of it is really strong. Um, so often when people come to us, it's the first time they've had an amazing green tea or a Japanese green tea, and they want to buy that pot. Then they want to buy a bag of that tea because they want to take it home, and they know how to make it. They just need to leave, leave the kettle cool down. Multi-temperature kettles are available for home. They're like forty quid. So. We always say next time you're gonna buy one, you know, just buy one of these and they'll solve all your problems. Um, so I was gonna talk about afternoon tea, but I think you'd all probably switch off by then. But afternoon tea is great, I'll tell you just quickly about it. It fills in the gap between lunch and clothes. You don't have to be quaint and dainty and you know, for old ladies, you can make it cool, you know. Uh don't have to have finger sandwiches and scones. Uh, but it fills in that gap and I think it's something that cafes should exploit if definitely if you're quiet in between lunch and clothes. Um, finally, to recap, um, yeah, I think tea and great cafes, coffee and tea, tea and coffee, they live together, in my opinion. Um, I think you've got all the skills to implement tea, and um, by not doing so, I think, yeah, uh, you could be missing out on uh, uh, a section of the, of the public's cash. Um, I think time-wise, uh, that's my 20 minutes up. Uh, Anybody wants to hear the whole 90 minutes uh, and a future version, then just grab me later. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm not named. Uh, Kaz, I think that was great. I, I, I've known Kaz now for about 12 months, and I feel I have so much in common with him because from coming from the background of a job, that he did as a job to doing something he loves. I can kind of really relate to that and uh, yeah, it really came across in the presentation. So, have we got any questions for Kaz? I'm kind of <laughs> Lots of questions. Uh, okay, I, should I, should probably, go roaming. I should probably point out that um, Kaz uh, has been really great for us and uh, we brought him over to our shop and uh, we brought him in and said, now look, don't hold back. I want you to tell us 
exactly what we're doing wrong. Like, don't like, there's no, you know, egos here, just tell us what we're doing. And two hours later, he was still telling us. So he was absolutely ripped us apart. Smiled while he was doing it, but ripped us apart. And uh, we're still working away, so. Hi, guys. I, um, just going back to your presentation, I, one of the questions you put was obviously walking into any of the chains and you kind of see the, the one pound 25. Obviously the speciality tea side of it is almost forgotten about in, in the great scheme of things, apart from obviously some of the smaller independents who do take the care and attention. What's your thoughts and your views on uh, knowing the profit you can get back on a loose leaf tea product, on, on a display, everything else, teapot, on a tray? When do you think, or do you think there'll be an opportunity for chains, larger chains or uh, anything like that to, to take recognition? on having a quality product like that? Yeah, I, uh, I think it's a really good question. And we were talking about it before these talks started about, you know, speciality coffee, is it gonna move into the mainstream? Does it need to move? I think it, uh, it needs to move somewhere. I think tea is really good. It can move into the home environment really easily. And coffee can as well with brewed coffees. Um, really good tea, there's not a lot of it around. So whether it's gonna spread into the chains, you know, like sometimes we'll have a lot and it's, 40 kilos and you know uh, um, so I think chains what they will do they'll move over from bags to loose leaf but there's often sometimes people move over to loose leaf for the sake of loose leaf so they'll have an Assam but they won't uh, know what plantation it's from what season it's from um, yeah I don't think uh, chains operate in that way I don't think they can source as nimbly as like specialty coffee like roasters can, you know, um, and generally they'll all put in like I speak to brokers and they wanna they don't wanna talk to you unless you wanna order like okay, oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> like loads and loads and loads like they they're happy they're proud when they tell you they sell tea to Asda you know so they're in a different kind of wavelength um, but um, yeah I think ch chains will move over to loose sleeve but just for the sake of moving over to loose sleeve. Um, and it's like when you will go to a supermarket, you'll pick up a box of loose leaf tea and it'll say Darjeeling, and when you turn around the back, it'll say Origin Darjeeling India. But really, when you turn around the back, you want to say, you see Origin, uh, you know, the Makabari Estate, 2011 Grand Reserve Lot, DJ4 invoice, you know, that kind of information. So, specialty industry will always be there, and the others may just do it with token gestures. So, yeah. I think one advantage that, that tea has over coffee is, um, I, don't, I don't even know if it's an advantage or a disadvantage, but we're making uh, like a great coffee. We can do this thing, pull all the moves and then do a little squiggle and all that, go bah, great, you know, and then if, if, if one of the larger chains decides that they want to do that, they can't, they can't roll it out. But with tea, and whether this is an advantage or a disadvantage, depends on where you're coming from, with certain recipes and certain brew temperatures and the correct machinery, they can, they could roll it out if they wanted to. Yeah, I think, and it's just about desire, really, you know, and I think tea, tea world has always known that in the nicest possible way, we're just adding hot water, you know. Um, How do you overcome that? Um, like, so if somebody comes in and says, well, I just saw you, you just put hot yeah, water in it. How, yeah, how do you overcome that? So uh, the tea world has always been strong about the service side, and I think it's got a lot to give to I mean, the coffee world has developed loads in the last, you know, few years, a couple of years, definitely, about the service side of it. I think the tea side, tea world has always been really strong for service, so we can give that. Um, now, I think that's something that we've been trying to work on is 
your commitment to sourcing, to quality sourcing, to provenance. Um, uh, so somebody can come in and say, hey, you're just adding hot water, but then you can say, but the stuff I'm adding hot water to is amazing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I think, well, I think the service is, is a huge part of I think the yeah. coffee's definitely a few yeah. leagues going to you. I mean, people come into cafes and they buy toast, you know, so, uh, you know, <laughs> 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 Seven, yeah. So there was lots of hands and I kind of saw, yeah. Like I was, sorry, great speech. Um, I find that we're hugely ignorant in UK and Ireland of our tea, and we drink more than anybody else in the world per capita. A lot of it, I think, is ignorant, purely ignorant in the pure sense of the word, in that people don't know because they know about tea bags. And they don't know, they don't know how much coffee, or sorry, how much tea, to how much water, or at what temperature. And because they don't know, they just stay safe. So if you take where, you know, the, the coffee equivalent of brewing, is people are now beginning to realize at the speciality level and it's filtering down, excuse the pun, that you know, 55, 60 grams per liter is what you need. I think if you ask anybody around the room here, there isn't a known you know, grams per, per water dose general ballpark. Now, I believe it's one gram per 100 ml or something like that, but I don't think it's known. I think it's pure ignorance of stopping the tea moving into the home and then back out again. Yeah. What do you think? No, I, I think you're bang on. Um it kind of like stems a bit from what I touched on before, where coffee's adopted branded equipment. So you've got your AirPress, you've got your AirPress Technique, you've got your V60s and kind of whatever, you know, all your kind of stuff. And um, we haven't. So what you'd use dogs wide to brew in a Gaiwan would be different to what you would use to brew in a, in a Harry or Teapot, for example. Um, I think it's something that we do need to do. Um, and it's easy to do. Um, but tea people, tea has always been associated with aesthetics or somebody wanted a teapot that looked fancy and matched their kitchen kind of thing, you know, but uh, the speciality tea side of things need to push it. So we need to just pick a few brands which brew tea really well in different ways and just dish out, you know, brew methods like has been does and just, yeah, so I think that would push it forward, yeah. But I think you're right, there's a lot of ignorance and it's all down to us guys for not giving that information over. So adopt a few branded teawares and or our methods for that, I think. Yeah. Will, will this equipment come in red? <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a question here from Tom. Kaz, since um, you're the team here, could you tell us exactly which brand or like what is the best at the moment that you have come across and you use in your cafe or tea room, sorry? Uh, we've got six different types of teas from different origins. No, uh, I mean, um, the, the, the equipment itself, like which pot? Uh, we use the Four Life infuser, um, and the reason why we use that, I think it's fantastic in catering. It stacks really well. You can throw it around in the dishwasher. It doesn't really smash. Um, that's an important one. That's a really important one. So we get uh, glass teapots are really nice and visually engaging, like you saw in the picture. Um, and we use glass for our sample tea, tea that we have on offer. Um, so, but yeah, what you use in the cafe setting is probably what different to what you're going to use at home. But uh, yeah, we're still investigating. I think uh, we it needs to be sturdy in the catering environment at home. I think anything goes, you know. Like even with coffee, I think you know you can brew as long as you've got some good filter paper, you can find anything to brew coffee. I mean, we had a brewers' cup in here yesterday, and every single competitor used different equipment. So um, yeah. So, <laughs> it, it needs to be tough as well though. Like we, we spent a fortune on, on lovely teapots and 
went over to the shop now, you'd be like, oh my god, it's like a, yeah. you know, a record yard or something of just bits of teapots anywhere. So yeah. we're, we're still looking for that, that, that thing, that extra tough thing, you know? I, I know there was lots of quite other questions. Grab Kaz as he's going to be here, and he's going to be here tonight as well. So I'll give you a nine minutes, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of conscious of our next one. But please, yeah. Red Kaz Ali.